Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 9. Here's Pastor Ryan. Praise the Lord, huh? Oh my, I'm just a speck here. But anyways, bless you guys. Good morning. We had a good time on Friday. We were uh, with the youth at Tamarack State Beach. It was beautiful. Wasn't it good with some of the youth here? Yeah? Good stuff? Yeah? No? Yeah? We had a good time. Uh, we surfed. We boogie boarded. We body surfed. We fell many times. We ate sandwiches and chips all day and uh, cactus coolers and um, we played spike ball, which hopefully we can get a few rounds in today here after church, spike ball. We even played football. It was sand. I was talked into it and we had a good time playing football. And what else did we do? Um, and then we had a devotion that was, uh, I felt uh, the kid. We, we all connected, I felt. I felt the kids were really in tune. I was, it, was a, a lane, it was all day. We were there from like, you know, 10 to, I think, uh, around 6, 536. And so somewhere in between, some of the kids were, were kind of like, oh, this, you know, when are we going to head home? And so we shared with them that, you know, if we leave now, we'll be in traffic for about four hours. So we stood around, and then, and then we had the devotion. I thought, okay, will they be, you know, awake for it? And they were. It was a good connect. The Holy Spirit was moving, and we had a good time. So some of us are sore. I know that uh, Pastor David and I are very competitive, and, you know, we feel that you shouldn't play any game unless you're wanting to win it. Because we're, because we're men of God. We're men of God. We're not, uh, you know, there'll be no second, there'll be no participation trophies here. And so he went for a pass in the corner of the end zone. Well, I did, and he was going to intercept it. And I thought, I, I, I can't let him intercept this ball. So I jumped as high as I can in my old age. And I, yeah, I batted it away, but it, but I ended up like sideways in the air and came straight down without without being able to break my fall. And uh, the kid said, and and uh, Pastor Andre actually came from Calvary Chapel Arcadia. He said he felt the ground shake a bit. <laughs> but what's interesting is I heard a crack, but I was fine. It was it was like I got. Uh, uh, like uh, what do they call it? Adjusted like by a chiropractor. All my weight, and I actually was like, "Oh, okay, I feel better now." <laughs> but we had a great time. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to uh, Romans chapter nine. That's Romans chapter nine. You know that conference is going to be awesome. I'm excited to hear Pastor Rob McCoy from Calvary Chapel Thousand Oaks. He's he's on the. Uh, really at the edge of a spear as far as uh, 
speaking to pastors and to churches about uh, letting their congregations know what's going on in the world today and yes sharing on politics and so he's taken a lot of heat because of that but he preaches the gospel but he just keeps his people aware as well because we want to we want to know the signs of the times that we're living in and we want to be cautious as the lord says and so he's really big on that and he took a lot of flack you know uh from other uh, pastors, but he's legit. He's good, and and other pastors love him. We love him. Um, smart guy. He also ran uh, for mayor of Thousand Oaks and actually won. And he was the mayor in Thousand Oaks during that uh, shooting that happened in that like cowboy dance bar. Remember that happened in Thousand Oaks. So he was the mayor at, at that time, and so he said that he became a pastor of not just the church, but of all of Thousand Oaks. And so he's a, he's a good dude, and he's going to speak. So I'm looking forward to hear him. And so we'll all go over there. We'll see. I think they have a continental breakfast, but we'll we'll fix that when we're when we're done. I know a spot right there. We're gonna we'll fix that. We'll get some burritos and some tacos. I know a place right there, Taqueria Mexico. It's called, so we'll, we'll have a good time. So Romans chapter 9, Father, we come before you and we thank you again for your love, your grace, and your mercy, Lord. We thank you that uh, you created us, Lord, to be spiritual beings, and we pray that you would um, just tune us into your spirit and what you would say to us today. We pray, Lord, that your word would cut us to the heart and that it would change us, Lord. We pray that you would meet us where we're at, that you would draw close to us as we draw close to you. Lord, I can do nothing without you, so I pray, pour out your grace on us. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right, so in Romans chapter 9, <clears throat> Paul is going to be speaking to us about the sovereign choice of God, the sovereign choice of God. And in chapter 1 of the book of Romans, verse 16, he says famously, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. And so for those of us who have studied the Bible, we know that the gospel of Jesus Christ first went out to the Jews and then to the rest of the world, the Gentile world. It first went to the Jews. In fact, Jesus told the 12 disciples in Matthew 10, he said, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the gospel went to Israel first because they were the ones that God had chosen to steward the law of God, the covenants of God, the glory of God, uh, the the promise of the Messiah would come through them and, and their services to the tabernacle and to the temple. God had chose them to do that very difficult job that they would be a light to the rest of the nations, to the world. It was to the Israelites. Those were God's chosen people. And so it's only fitting that they receive the message of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who came and preached repentance for the remission of sins. He is and was their promised one. It went to the Jews first, but then afterwards it came uh, to the rest of the world, to the Gentiles. 
And Paul uh, would realize as he went on his missionary journeys to preach the gospel, it became clear to Paul that his own people, for he was Jewish, right? He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, very Jewish, uh, circumcised on the eighth day, he would say, and brought up in all the teachings of the Jews religiously. But on his travels, as he preached the gospel, uh, it became clear that his own people were not receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that it was mostly Gentiles that were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul, when he was in Corinth in the book of Acts chapter 18, it says, but when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from now on. I go to the Gentiles. And so uh, as we know in the in the early church and in, in in our Bibles, we read that in general, uh, the gospel was rejected by the Jews. In general, we know that the that the church was birthed from 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 Jewish believers, and 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 many Jews did come to know, but not like the Gentile world. And so, generally, as a nation, there was a rejection of the gospel. And Paul is detailing in this chapter. Uh, he, he deals with this problem. It's like the elephant in the room, the big elephant in the room within the early church there in Rome and everywhere else. Why are so many Gentiles believing the gospel of Jesus Christ, but as the very own people, according to the flesh, there's very few that are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And, and he's, he's dealing with that problem and, and he, he deals with it by speaking to us about God. God's sovereign choice. God's sovereign choice. Why do things happen the way they happen? God has sovereignty over so much. And so we'll get into that. But uh, God's sovereign choice is a principle which has always been in operation uh, from from Genesis to Revelation, it's just a principle of God. He has sovereign choice. He had it over Israel as a nation, as he dealt with Israel as a people, and how he blessed them, but he didn't bless the other nations around them. And even within his church, there is God's sovereign church, a God's sovereign choice, I should say, in dealing with Jews in his church today and also with Gentiles. The word sovereign. It means supreme in power, possessing supreme dominion as a sovereign ruler of the universe. And again, sovereign is a word that we really don't use. It really is a Christianese term. It's a term that is used in the church really to speak of God's supreme power, right? We don't say as like parents to our children, I have sovereignly chosen that you will, you know, vacuum or clean your rooms. We don't speak that way. It's, it's a Christianese type term, sovereignty. But what it means is that God has supreme Power. He is the supreme ruler over all of the universe. And in our last chapter, we read how all of creation groans because God has subjected it unto futility. It is a fallen world because of the original sin, and even creation itself is fallen, and all is waiting for the redemption of the planet and we for new bodies when God gives them to us. But one day he's going to make a new planet or he's going to restore the planet 
before he makes a new one, of course. But he's sovereign over all of his creation. He created it all. And so what God chooses to be right is right, and what he says is wrong is wrong. He is God. He is the creator. And this is part of of the rejection of his own people to the gospel is because of God's sovereign choice. And so Paul begins in verse 1 by saying, I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, uh, the giving of the law, the service of God and the promises, of whom are the fathers and from whom according to the flesh Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God, amen. And so we see here, Paul's heart is really broken over the reality that in the early church, in, on his missionary journeys, he's preached, he's preached by the power of God, and his heart is broken because his own people are not coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, it's a real pain that he had. He wishes that he himself would be a curse and he'd give up his own salvation for their salvation. He loves them so much. And it's, you know, as believers, you know, we are one in Christ, right? All the old things pass away. We're one people in Christ. However, that doesn't mean we can't appreciate the cultures that we come from. We, we, are, we are blessed at the cultures we were raised in or have been blessed to be born in. Amen? And it's the same with Paul. He's blessed uh, to be part of the Jewish culture and his heart is broken. He would rather wish that he was a curse that they might be Saved, And you can imagine for the apostle going everywhere preaching and he would hit the synagogues before he hit anything else in a city. And to think time and again, very few of his countrymen are getting saved. And it broke his heart. It must have been hard, guys. And, uh, you know, but I'm sure he was consoled by so many Gentiles coming, right? Gentiles whom he, he had no dealings with prior to Christ. Now all of a sudden he's being flooded with all of these believers that are Gentiles by whom before he had no contact with. It's the beauty of of Christ just teaching Paul how to receive and how to love people that are different from him and the church is growing. But his heart is that he would be accursed. Jesus was cursed for our sake. Think about that. That's ex- what, what Paul is desiring is actually what Christ did. Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus took away the curse of our sin and the punishment that we deserve. He took it upon himself on the cross. They nailed him to the cross and he bled out for our sins. His blood in place of you and in place of me. He was accursed for us, guys. And that should bring great confidence to all of us in this room that if Jesus would go through so much pain and suffering and become a curse for us, then we are loved. 
We are loved this morning. And there is nothing that God would not give us to bless our lives and to guide our lives. It's all there for us through Christ. In Romans 8.32, we read last week, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God desires to take care of your needs this morning and my needs. But first, spiritually, if we draw near to him, if we're willing to draw near to him in prayer, to sit there and, and commune with God, to open up our Bibles, to read and to say, Lord, speak to my heart. And as we pray, Holy Spirit, give me utterance. Show me what I ought to pray for. Show me what I need. That if we do that every single day, God will reveal his will to you and to me. He will show you what your true needs are and you'll see him fulfill them. But so many don't want to do that. They're still living for themselves. That's not even on the schedule. That's not on the to-do list. And it's sad. And so, so many people are living with just a, a downcasted soul, depressed, like, like God is informed. You know, God is for us all. He took the curse on the tree for us. Surely he's going to care for you. The problem is, the unwillingness to draw close. And I mean really draw close. He's not looking for religion. He's looking for relationship where we pour out our heart every morning, where the Holy Spirit, we know not what to pray for. In fact, we know not really what to do. But God, when we pray and we seek him, begins to uh, uh, map out our day for us. He'll give you what you need, trust me. He took the curse. Paul would rather be a curse for his people. Paul, you don't have to. Christ already did. He already did. But we see Paul's love for the lost, and I'm greatly convicted in my heart. Look at Paul's love for the lost. I, I, he's saying, I would rather be accursed and separated from God so that my people can be Christians and saved. Oh my goodness, are you convicted by that? Or are you like right there on that level with Paul? Because that's straight up agape love. That's from God. That God has touched this man and he is willing to be accursed for his people. Oh, how we need a love for the lost. We really need a love for the lost. And again, for a lot of Christians, that's not even on the radar. It's still all about self. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? And Jesus said, don't worry about those things. That's what the Gentiles, that's how they live. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. What's important to God is that we're sanctified daily. What's important to God is that our relationship is tight. And what's important to God is that we share our faith with those who are perishing. To share with them. That's why we're alive. And I'm afraid he might take some of us out if we, sti if we stick to not sharing our faith. Why else are we here? I need a love for the laws. It needs to be my prayer. And it needs to be your prayer. Give me more love for the lost. Give me more love for the lost. When Jesus rode on the donkey on his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he wept over Jerusalem. He wept for his countrymen 
And Paul here is saying, I wish I was accursed. Lord, help us to love the lost, family, friends, and neighbors, that, that we would just be concerned, that we would share with them. I think about the demoniacs in the Gadarenes. The Sea of Galilee on the southeast corner of it is the place of the Gadarenes. It's where the tribe of Gad uh, settled in the Old Testament. That tribe settled there on the southeast shores of the Sea of Galilee. And remember the two demoniacs that were there chained to uh, the walls and they would break the chains and cut themselves and they were like naked and crazy and they were possessed by a legion of demons and you know the story that Jesus casted those demons out of them to the swine that were there and the swine ran down the hill into the ocean and they perished and um, we're told that one of the demoniacs man that was healed and in his right mind he begged Jesus that he might go with them. And Jesus said this to him in Mark 5. Uh, it, it said that, uh, that he possessed, I mean, he bade him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed uh, and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. You see, we share out of a response a gratitude for what Jesus has done in our lives. Has he taken away your curse and my curse? Then that's as enough, that should be enough motivation for eternity for us to share. This is what God has done for me. And we don't have to be an apostle. And we don't have to be a preacher. You just share what Jesus has done for you. If indeed you're grateful, if indeed it matters. Some, it's just whenever. It's not on the radar. And Christianity, the basis of it is not the gain of your own life. It's the loss of your own life. So I'm no longer living for the way I want to live. My, it's irrelevant what Ryan wants to do. What is God calling me to do? And he's saying, put me first, then your family, then the church. And love and share. Share with people. Just tell them what he's done for you. This place right here is one big track I shared in, in um, first service. You know what a track is, right? I'm not talking about like a race track, a horse track, or car track, or whatever, race car track. A tracks are, uh, Christianese, it's little uh, pamphlets or papers of, of uh, a little story about Christ, and, and you hand them out to people that they might get saved, read it and get saved, tracks, right? But your church is one big track. Say, man, come to my church where we go through the Bible, because other churches don't really do that. Invite them here. This is your track. Come and hear the words of the Lord. And you'll be surprised what will happen. But we need to share with people. And I, and I get it. Not all of us are super outgoing. And, you know, God came to change you and I. Okay? He, he, everything he asks you to do is above your pay scale. It's above your, really, ability. He provides the ability. He provides the, and, and, and that comes when you're spending time in the morning. It, it becomes fire in your bones. The Holy Spirit just, you just can't sleep until you tell somebody what you got to tell them. 
So there is no excuse of I'm just not that person to speak to people. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You belong to him. And don't make him yell at you like he did at Moses. Did you make the mouth? I made the mouth. Who made the ear? You know? He gave us a mouth to speak, to tell somebody you were blind, but now you can see. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was a mess, but now I'm cleaned up. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.